In this grave? Our. Perhaps the most fateful. In our history. I send to every household of my her peoples. Both at home and overseas. That's exactly what Rock and I talked about in the beginning. the feminist Biden's ever that was all we had um, okay in the chat I'm happy to do more stuff if it's yeah maybe we'll think of some stuff yeah we can get going though we can, uh, we can do it pretty loose have you uh, watched Rick and Morty um not from oh yeah I have I'm caught up now are cool. you, are you yeah I'm caught up you're in the two I don't necessarily have anything to say about it but uh, <laughs> I'm caught up I really liked the first episode and wasn't a huge fan of the second fair Oh, is it? <laughs> Allowed to have my cartoons that I like? Thanks, Peter. I'm not uh, toxic for liking Rick and Morty. <laughs> I'm not going to fan shame. I'm not shaming. a Nazi. <laughs> it's like kink shaming. Like <laughs> uh, have you seen Undone? It's no. Raphael Bob Wakesburg. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it, though. And Kate Purdy. And it's like the Amazon one. And it's, uh, it's funny. I was thinking about it. Um, when reading the feminist thing, which um, yeah, I find that because I've seen like trailers for it, I yeah. find that style of animation like unwatchable. Yeah, that's like Richard Linklater did that movie. That it's was the rotoscope in, thing. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I can't look at it. It's really yeah. tough. And uh, in the first like two episodes, I hated it. You know, the fiance made me watch it, um, and I'm glad he did. Like, I ended up really liking it. But the first two episodes, I just despised. And like, I hate that kind of thing because. Uh, it's like, why not just use a camera to record people if it's going to look so much like it? Uh, why do this weird animation? Yeah. Um, and then they get more creative with it as the show goes on. Okay. It's like she becomes undone, you know? Um, wow, that's the name of the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was I was bought over. But, okay. But they do that thing that BoJack always does where, like, you know how, like, Diane will be going to Chicago with her Buffalo boyfriend or whatever? And, uh, like, there will be, you know, five different references throughout the episode to, like, him giving her his jacket yeah. that, like, changes with the context. Uh, like, they do the same thing uh, in this show, and it's yeah. just, like, such a trope that I hate. Um, like, the broad shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like uh, someone read too much uh, Robert McKee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, someone read Chuck Palahniuk's essay on Ira <laughs> Yeah, and someone read like... Saving the Cat one too many times. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I am always worried about, like, I know, and, like, BoJack is, uh, which I, I like that show, but it's, like, it is doing such a tightrope walk of, like, becoming, like, unbearably, like, twee and, like, treacly. Yes. And, uh, I'm just worried about him. Worried yeah. about my boy. I thought it was unbearably twee and treacly from episode yeah. three, but... I mean, it is, yeah. Uh, ugh. Uh, not like our boys... Rocco and Maka. <laughs> what is that? It's Rico and Morty. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, Rick and Morty is uh, good. I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> Dan Harmon is... Uh, we're Pickle Rick. We're Pickle Rick. Uh, 
Dan Harmon is ending his podcast that he did for years. Whoa. And they did a documentary about... <laughs> the one where he uh, summons historical figures and sexually harasses them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. He Like, why he's getting rid of the podcast, he... It's because he had that podcast that he, like, didn't get... Uh, he only got me one and a half, as he said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, he was able to talk about it on his podcast. Right, but if yeah. he didn't have that podcast... I remember that. What would he do? <laughs> Be lost to the winds of me, too. Yeah, I so I am caught up on Rick and Morty. I saw the first couple new Bojacks, which just came out recently, but feels like it's been forever now. The Good Place, which I know you don't watch. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Should I? Should I watch it? I, I always tell you you should. Yeah, You're always I'll like, watch I'll it. think about it. Yeah, yeah. I got the wire to rewatch. Radioactive the goddamn. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing the uh, high the high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you better watch your back. I honestly can't believe we didn't talk about the High Hopes dance last week because it feels like something that's always been here. <laughs> it's when we were talking about Big Structural Bailey, it's like Big Structural Bailey like is older than time. Yes. You know, Big Structural Bailey has always been with us. Right. Doesn't it just feel like something that's always been there? <laughs> that's how I feel about the High Hopes dance. <laughs> uh, we should maybe explain it for people, but honestly, if you don't know about the High Hopes dance, what are you doing? It's also like Big Structural Bailey in that its origins are kind of obscured, I feel like. Uh, go on. Where did it, where does it come yeah, from? Yeah, where did it come from? And where did Big Structural Bailey come from? What, like, dark money pack? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we have no idea. Paid for. I mean, it's the same thing with that uh, stupid balloon of, like, baby Trump in a diaper that, like, shows up at all the <laughs> That's protests. That's right. That's right. Though there yeah. is, like, someone is responsible for the original big Trump baby balloon. Uh, like, there's an artist who, we know his name, but I've seen at other Trump, anti-Trump protests, Trump baby balloons that are smaller and, like, they look different. Like, it doesn't yeah. look like the same manufacturer and they've got, like, a hammer and sickle pin tying the oh, diaper he's together. because he's a, he's a commie. Get he's it? a Russian. Get he's it? a pinko. <laughs> he's a red. This whole, like, Russia shit has got, has, like, picked up again. It's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Have you been watching any of the impeachment stuff? No. I really think I really think he's gonna get impeached. <laughs> I really think the walls are closing. Yeah, again. I think uh, we won't have to worry about this Donald Trump <laughs> much longer. Uh, we won't have to live in fear of uh, Donald Trump anymore. Finally, uh, Lieutenant Commander Vindlin yeah. is trying to save us. Yeah, ugh, it's so fucking demoralizing. You saw that video, right, of um, the, it's like Nunez or somebody going like, Mr. Vindman, and he's like, um, that's Lieutenant Commander Vindman, yeah. ranking member. <laughs> uh, do you not see my my necklace of children's ears? <laughs> uh, you will speak to me of my rank. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it is, it like... This has been a process that's been ongoing in, like, the Democratic Party, but just, you know, uh, I mean, it's I, it's a response to, like, you know, things like the Electoral College and just the Republican Party having been so successful in just capturing, like, the wheels of government uh, outside of any kind of, like, Democratic oversight. But the way Democrats have responded is uh, to just put all of their faith in the most evil, yes. <laughs> uh, like, deep state CIA operatives like uh yeah just these goons from like the state department and like 
the CIA who are like dripping with blood. Right. And, uh, yeah. They've got their yeah. killers. We've got ours. Yeah. Like, yeah, we need some good wizards to back us up. Ugh. Oh my god. And Pete Buttigieg, I mean, that's where Pete Buttigieg comes in. Because he's the synthesis. Right, yeah. Yeah, because he, like, he's got the necklace of baby ears, like, don't worry. But he also, you know, can do the High Hopes dance. And, uh, though, we should, we need to explain the High Hopes dance a little bit. Can you uh, recount the um, the lyrics? Do you it's, know them? Well, I know there's a reference to, like, Manifest Destiny in Yes, it. there is, yeah. Uh the chorus, the dance only goes to the chorus. But the dance is only for the chorus, I believe. I think that's right, yeah. So what uh, are they doing? Just, like, waving their so arms? So, panic! <laughs> at the disco. Uh, you know the band Panic! At the disco. Uh, had the song High Hopes. Uh, it's also been commented on that this song sounds like it belongs in, uh, you know, 2009 or something. You sent me this OCD yeah. on Nebu t- tweet. It, like, like... It, it's a pop song, like, out of time. Uh, that's what I assumed is that it was, you know, a 10-year-old pop song or something. Right. But it's not. It's from last year. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. Which, yeah, no, I knew that it was uh, in the new oeuvre uh, because, like, I follow Panic! at the Disco and Fall Out Boy enough to uh, keep on this stuff. But I literally thought it was a Fallout Boy song. I yeah. like, had been with people who would know the difference, and they were like, "No, no, no, it's Fallout Boy. It's not Panic at the Disco." Um, yeah, Osito Noanevu uh, tweeted, uh, "Don't think we fully appreciated the weirdness of High Hopes as a song. Like, what's this early 2010s Jason Derulo track doing here in 2019? Yeah, uh, and why is Brendan Urie singing it? The chintzy horns, the aspirational lyrics. It's like the last several years in pop never happened. Uh, and then also, you know, it's." Like any pop song, it's created by like one of three Danish uh, <laughs> songwriters That's in the laboratory. So, so it's this guy Jonas Jaberg uh, from uh, Denmark, Jonas Jaberg, uh, residing in Los Angeles. Uh, he has written and produced hit songs, including "Panic" at the Disco's "High Hopes," Selena Gomez's "Fetish," Wow, uh, featuring Gucci Mane. Uh, Fifth Harmony Sledgehammer, Nicki Minaj's The Boys, Chris Brown's Remember Oh my god, my he did The Boys. That's Actually, awesome. there, there would be a, a very good biopic, I think, about like the actual Danish people that write all of our pop music. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is something. Yeah. We've talked about this with Peter Herman, This right? would, could, like Armando Yanucci or something, <laughs> could, could do this really well, I think. Yeah, it would be like a yeah. send-up of all the musical biopics. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, these people have done everything. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this is why every time, like, Matt Crispin talks about, you know, or even Felix Biederman, like, uh, we'll talk about, you know, how modern music is like, we like to party. Boop, boop, boop. We like yeah. to party, you know? Uh, that always seems so out of touch to me because this is what music is like now. It's like, I got a lot of things that been going on, but I got a few achievements and I'll sing this song. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, that's what makes the High Hope song, uh, yeah, so strange. Because, like, yeah, like, I mean, and then, like, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, like, a lot of pop songs are, like, about, you know, I'm actually sad and, like, right, I actually yeah. have anxiety. That's definitely where the yeah. Selena Gomez thing trends is, like, Bad Liars, like, a very sad kind of pop song. Um, uh, well, let's do the, okay, I'm going on a, a Rap Genius, High Hopes. Let's, they can probably give us some. Uh, Had to have high, high hopes for the lyrics. Uh, high, high hopes is a. On September 11th, 2001, uh, the planes were flying high. That's like, 
<laughs> what there's a spoken word i feel like every time i go on uh like rap genius which is now just genius and like they do the lyric explainer it's always like oh it's 9 11 like i don't think it's really about 9 11 uh well let's see what they said uh yuri explained the main idea behind the song which is summed up, summed up by this lyric uh i spent too long not setting my expectations high enough worried about how it felt to fail i hit a point when i realized i had to aim high and fail 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 in order to keep growing this one is for all of you who helped me go for it all thank you all right this is going to be the most inane <laughs> thing going through these lyrics the phrase shooting for the stars means to set one's goals or ambitions very high to try to yeah, oh my god who did these fucking annotations they like, did a they, they just start explaining words. what like shooting for the stars means <laughs> also it's not shooting for the stars right it's shoot it's shoot for the moon uh it's like shoot for the moon lest yeah. you land upon the, upon the stars right yeah 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 i mean the the yeah but whatever. i i think people i think the vulgar expression has become like shoot for, shoot the, stars. for the stars i'm gonna shoot for the stars it like doesn't read wrong to me okay know. uh so here's well let's just read these lyrics yeah had to have high high hopes for a living mm-hmm. shooting for the stars when i couldn't make a killing mm-hmm. didn't have a dime but i always had a vision always had high high hopes parentheses high high hopes <laughs> had to have high high hopes for a living didn't know how but i always had a feeling i was gonna be that one in a million always had high high hopes um yes yeah, the panic story yeah and then let's just get to this line about manifest yeah Destiny. we gotta see it and i need to know what the rap lyric gene but it's lit. it's not even yeah oh my god that's amazing but yeah. it, as i remember it, <laughs> it's just like, like pictures it. of like yeah. It's just like paintings of like the trail of tears. <laughs> okay. Mama said, fulfill the prophecy, be something greater, go make a legacy, manifest destiny back in the days. We wanted everything, wanted everything. Oh my God. This is like actually really horrific. It's awful. I just thought they like, yeah, used manifest destiny as like filler, but like, no, they're like manifest destiny back in the days. We wanted everything, wanted everything. Jesus Christ. And then. Oh my god. Alright, let's see what Rap Genius says. Okay, so they actually do, I was making a joke, but they actually do have this painting Holy of like, shit. the like, spirit of Manifest Destiny, that famous painting. Yeah, of crossing like, the continent. Yeah, like the the goddess Columbia, like, leading <laughs> the westward expansion as, like, uh, natives are fleeing. Yeah. Uh, the Manifest Destiny was a belief held by 19th century American settlers that it was their god-given right or destiny to settle westward. Manifest Destiny in the context of High Hopes refers to the view that Brendan was destined to be a musician and share his craft with the world. (laughs) I mean, honestly, the best way to understand American culture is that uh, I I do really believe this. Like... uh, like, imagine if the, the Nazis, like, won World War II. Right. And then just, you know, a century later, how they, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the final solution is actually about, like, being the best you you can exactly, be. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? The final solution for success. Like, like we, we uh, throughout our history, have been, like, a hardcore, like, uh, annihilationist, uh, uh, racist, genocidal, like, slave society. Um, and now, you know, rather than, like, confront the actual implications of that, uh, because we won. We don't have to. Like, right. Germany had to. Right, Because uh, yeah. they lost. Yeah, like, because no one's they gonna... were occupied by yeah. the U.S. and Russia on both sides. So it's, like, actually, just to me, like, manifest destiny means, like, being the best you you can be. <laughs> and, like, this, you know what I mean? Like, we just strip it of all meaning, and it's, uh... 
Yeah, it's like act. It, it's very upsetting, and then of course it ends up in, uh, <laughs> in the, the presidential campaign stamps. for like uh, the yeah the like CIA candidate. And the CIA thing did that just come out in the last couple of weeks? Well, like I haven't heard about it until recently. Everyone knew that you know he got his start uh, like working at McKinsey Consulting, right. and like if you work at cons- at McKinsey, like you're a CIA agent, right. like they're that's what they do. They like contract with the CIA. Uh, so I think people have just started being like, well, actually, he's a CIA agent, which is like, <laughs> seems pretty obvious. Uh, there was this quote about how he was like managing economies in uh, war zones or right, whatever. Right. Because uh, he, uh, people have pointed this out too, like, especially now that there's this talking point that he's like the front runner or whatever, which is well, ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. as if. Uh, someone needs to really look at what he did when he was working for McKinsey, because it's uh, obviously like evil and uh, right, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, and and he signed like an NDA is his excuse yeah. for why he can't talk about his work for this agency. Uh, oh, but okay, so Pete Buttigieg has made this uh, song his campaign anthem. Yeah, and there's a dance that accompanies it uh, that has been taking the internet by storm because <laughs> now there's just all this video of like. Pete Buttigieg campaign workers doing this stupid dance to this terrible song. But do you know, did Pete uh, originate the dance? Like, did he pass it down to his followers? Did Pete Buttigieg himself create the dance? Is yeah. that what you're asking me? No, no way. Because uh, I've Couldn't seen... Couldn't be. <laughs> he doesn't have the yeah. rhythm for it. He cl- and did you see, like, after the debate? He refused to do he it. He refused to do it. Uh, yeah, so do you think it's like... Why won't he do him? the dance? <laughs> <laughs> dance, Pete, dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's too gay to dance. <laughs> Fellas. Uh, I w- actually was just listening to... Um, because I'm just trying to break my brain as much as I can. Of course. I was listening to like the New York Times, like, Meet the Candidates Daily podcast. Oh, yes. And so the first one they did was Pete Buttigieg. Uh, you weren't even the one texting me about this. Jack was texting me yeah, about it. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... And they don't mention the fake black friends at all. No, they don't... Men- it's just like... Uh, yeah, it's just um, uh, a puff piece about, like, you know, Pete Buttigieg the man or right. whatever. And what it's about is, you know, his internal conflict growing up, like, knowing he's gay uh, and, you know, 15 years ago, a different time. Uh, but it's just so weird because the whole thing is, like, framed around, like, from, like, as soon as I, like, uh, as soon as, like, I, I knew anything about myself, like, I knew I wanted to be president. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but I was gay, so how could I be president and also be gay? <laughs> and, that, like, that is how it is framed the whole way. Like, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's meant to be humanizing because, obviously, like, that's, like, a very sympathetic thing, obviously. Like, someone who doesn't know, you know, who is worried that they won't be accepted for who they are. But it is just, it is framed around this blind will to power yeah. that uh, that dwarfs everything else in his life. Yeah. It's just this drive to to hold power and for nothing. Like, it's not like I want to be president so that I can give health care to people. It's yeah. like, no, I want to, like, be important and, and wear a suit and have everyone, like, uh, kiss my ass. Right, yeah, I want yeah. to dominate. Yeah, uh, but... Uh oh! Like I'm gay. Like I might have to hide this part of myself so that I can <laughs> rise the ranks of power. He's the like, perfect king speech candidate. Yeah. Uh, though I guess Biden, as a stutterer American, is taking that <laughs> role now. We'll have to get into that. Yeah. That didn't catch on. I, I'm surprised. Though, I, like, yeah, yeah, I'm shocked. But uh, yeah, I mean the whole like uh, you remember the Iron Lady, like all these movies that uh, yeah they they set up the 
there, there was like this, uh, you know, stream of biopics at one point where it was like, yeah, the saddest thing in the world is to want to be the most powerful person in the world and just like have one thing holding yeah. you back. You're a woman or you have a speech impediment or something. Like, I know. How it, tragic. Yeah. And then the resolution is like when they, I mean, it's the most neoliberal thing. It's when they achieve power. Yes. Like, uh, you know, like, yeah. Not when they do anything. Right, like exactly. It. And like, even if you, you accept, which I think is, is valid enough that like, yeah, like Margaret Thatcher didn't do anything to make it easier for women to become uh, prime minister. No, no, it, this wasn't about you know making it easier for like women to be equal or to have power. This was about Margaret Thatcher, right. like, yeah. and like this isn't about improving the lives of gay people. Like, certainly not if you're a gay person that doesn't have access to healthcare or a gay person that lives in Palestine. Like, this isn't about helping gay people. This is about helping Pete Buttigieg. Shooting for the stars. <laughs> this is manifest destiny. Like, <laughs> this is about. Get in mind. Yeah. 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 Um, but he won't do the dance. I think he that's won't very do telling. The dance. Bernie and was dancing. Bernie was all over Twitter. Oh my god, yeah. Bernie was night. like dancing with Jane. Yeah, he was dancing to ABBA. <laughs> uh, pouring one out for his friend John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> um I, anything to say about impeachment, by the way? I don't uh, I haven't been following it. I don't care. I don't care. Again, like the official TNNE position is wake us up when Trump's on trial. Yeah. Uh yeah, no. I mean I, I think it is embarrassing it feels like robert moeller part two yeah you know or part five who knows uh yeah like whatever is the senate going to convict him uh like yeah you can again we could talk for like five minutes and draw out what everyone knows which is that yeah he will probably be impeached by the house and the republicans in the senate will have you know an obviously illegal thing that he did and refuse to uh, convict him for it um, and, and so what, you know, uh, does that mean that like, it'll wound Trump's ego? Yeah, like probably not. Like he just likes the attention. He <laughs> likes to have an enemy. Uh, will it, you know, convince people that the Republicans are shiftless yeah. and finally like uh, drain support from the Republican party? No, it will prove that they're winners and right. that it doesn't matter if you catch someone on the rules or whatever. It's just going to be that tweet again. Uh, you know, Democrats. Well, I'd like to see Donald Trump get out of this one. Exactly. Donald Trump easily gets out. <laughs> exactly. Democrats. Yeah. Uh, well, nevertheless. <laughs> well, I, th- I think we still stood up for something. We're like, of course, you didn't actually stand up for anything because you're not impeaching him over, uh, you know, child detention or being a rapist or, uh, you know, you're impeaching him over <laughs> Joe Biden crimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, uh, and I mean, look, sure, go ahead, impeach him for this. Like, it's it's blatantly corrupt. But, like, the thing, it, the issue isn't that it's corrupt. The issue is that it uh, impeded the ability of American empire to, like, operate. Yeah. Uh, when he was, you know, threatening to withhold aid to Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, it was about, like, the effectiveness of the American empire. Right. And that's what he's getting impeached for. Yeah. How dare he blackmail those yeah. Nazis into yeah. helping him make fun of Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, should we just get into it? Should we get into the Joe Biden stuttering? Let's talk thing? about it. Yeah. yeah. Can I read some bits from this yeah. article? Hold on, let me bring it up. What Joe Biden can't bring himself to say. So funny. Joe Biden stutter and mine. Yeah. <laughs> stutter like me. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Peter sent me this and it's by John Hendrickson. Uh, apparently the stutterer American 
uh, correspondent for The Atlantic. Uh, what Joe Biden can't bring himself to say, his verbal stumbles have voters worried about his mental fitness. Maybe they'd be more understanding if they knew he's still fighting a stutter. This whole thing is, like, so, like, mind-bending. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, yeah. So Joe Biden is, like, coming clean about being a stutterer. This whole thing is, like, so weird. Uh First of all, we've like Joe Biden has been in the public eye our entire lives. He was the vice president of the United States. Yeah. Had you ever heard this referenced about no. Joe Biden and his personal story Not or anything? Once. That no. he was a stutterer? No. Right. Uh, okay, so now he's uh you know, and it's not about him having a stutter. It's clearly about him having like declining cognitive skills uh because of his age. Right. Uh but you know, there, this is like this was just uh, a very weird like media strategy on his campaign. And do you think yeah. he's leaning into that now? Because I I didn't watch much of the debate this week, but the bits that I did tune in for, obviously, like they blacked out Bernie again, whatever. Yeah. Um. But every time Biden spoke, I like almost felt bad for him. Uh. And I feel like I've heard people say this more and more recently because like he goes up there and he just cannot form a sentence he has to stop yeah. and start again so many times and it, like you said like yeah he's been running for president he hasn't just been in our lives he's been running for yeah. president our entire lives and uh, this isn't something i noticed when he was running against obama and yeah Clinton. like uh no the the whole thing about him is he's folksy and easy and he can talk up yeah. anybody he's got a silver tongue and now we're supposed to believe it's uh yeah it's i know this this all very much felt like his uh campaign like testing a narrative totally in the atlantic with like a sympathetic journalist uh and it like didn't really get any traction in uh in the discourse or anything yeah maybe there'll be like a you know a frank bruni article now about like how you know compassion for the stutterer uh, <laughs> uh or whatever but like it it is all obviously so uh contrived yeah um yeah so do you want to read some bits from this yeah uh, his, this is how the article I know, opens. Oh my god. His eyes fall to the floor when I ask him to describe it. We've been tiptoeing around it for 45 minutes, and so far, every time he seems close, he backs away or leads us in a new direction. He kept getting friend zoned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. That's forever time. Uh, there are competing theories to the, uh, in the press, but Joe Biden has kept mum on the sub uh, on the subject. I want to hear him explain it. I ask him to walk me through the night he appeared to lose control of his words on stage, and th- they're talking about the like eight eight one zero zero three thing. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, like text. Joe. Yeah, when he was like, yeah, text. Yeah, wrote right. <laughs> Go to Joe eight eight zero or whatever yeah. he did. Um, he's, uh, Biden says, and it's amazing how they transliterate this in the article. Yeah. It's full of M dashes and uh, stops and starts uh, in a way that they wouldn't do for Biden ever otherwise, yeah. uh, even though this is exactly how he speaks. I um, I don't remember, Biden says. His voice has that familiar shake, the creak and croak. I have to see it. I, I, I don't remember. We're in Biden's mostly vacant Washington, D.C. campaign office on an overcast Tuesday at the end of the summer. Since entering the Democratic presidential primary race in April, Biden has largely avoided in-depth interviews. When I first reached out in late June, his press person was polite but noncommittal. 
Was an interview really necessary for the story? What, on the fact that he stuttered? Then came the second debate at the end of July in Detroit. The first one, a month earlier, had been a disaster for Biden. He was unprepared when Senator Kamala Harris criticized both his past resistance to federally mandated busing and a recent speech in which he'd waxed fondly about collaborating with segregationist senators. Some of his answers that night had been meandering and difficult to parse, feeding into the narrative that he wasn't just prone to verbal slip-ups, he's called himself a gaffe machine, but that his age was a problem, that he was confused and out of touch. Detroit was Biden's chance to regain control of the narrative, and then something else happened. The candidates were talking about health care. At first, Biden sounded strong, confident, presidential. Yeah, right. My plan makes a limit of copay to be $1,000. Because we... He stopped. He pinched his eyes closed. He lifted his hands and thrust them forward as if trying to pull the missing sound from his mouth. We further support... He opened his eyes. The, uh, 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 his chin dipped toward his chest. The, uh, the ability to buy into the... The Obamacare plan. Biden also stumbled when trying to say immune system. My plan makes a limit of copay to be $1,000 because we, we further support the, uh, the, the, the ability to buy into the Obamacare plan. Secondly, do you even remember this? Like this was not the biggest yeah. uh, gaffe, gaff, so-called gaffe of the night. If you agree with me, go to Joe 303 Three O and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Uh, I, are they even going to talk about uh, when you told people to text the wrong? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is like um, this is controlled opposition all the way. Yeah, I mean, they, this is gaslighting. Like really, <laughs> seriously. Like we're we're watching someone like sundowning. Uh, and and he we're looks told strong like and um, presidential. actually you can't say anything you can't make fun of it or like <laughs> you can't criticize it because uh, he actually has a stutter like we haven't mentioned it in the fifty years he's been a public right. official but he actually has always <laughs> been suffering with this uh, stutter <laughs> and if yeah. you do you criticize him at all you like the next uh, person in the par- the person in the yeah. very next paragraph are a Fox News yeah stooge. and you know who the Fox News stooges are Russians Russians yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's all because Cyrillics uh, don't allow yeah. you to stutter. They're just a very concrete language. Um, Putin actually has a them. stutter gun. <laughs> aim at people. Oh my god, yeah. So there's a reference to some Fox News yeah. ghoul uh, editing together some video of Joe Biden falling to pieces. Yeah. yeah, not stuttering. This whole thing has never been him stuttering. Right. This whole thing has been him like forgetting where he is. <laughs> And yeah, like forgetting what he's saying, like being in New Hampshire and thinking he's in Iowa. Like or, this is so cynical. This yeah. whole article is like uh, is so weird and twisted and like. Oh my god, it's it's so gross. So the the writer for this article says, Several days later, I'm assuming from the uh, debate that he's describing, Biden's team got back in touch with me. One of his aides gingerly asked whether I'd noticed the former vice president stutter during the debate. Of course, So yeah, the aide reached right. out and supported this yeah, it's stuttering like, hey, narrative we're, we're as trying soon to as find, it was useful. We're trying to find a journalist stupid enough to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to do this, uh, st- uh, yeah, to plant this uh, stupid narrative we're trying to get going. Oh my god, of course I had. I stutter far worse than Biden. The aide said he was ready to talk about it. He was ready. Wow. Last night, after Biden stumbled multiple times during the Atlanta debate, the topic became even more relevant. Uh, What? (laughs) So how are you, man? Biden is in his usual... This is still in the article. But but yeah, but like, this is so important too. Like, 
this is his campaign. Like, like he just gave away the game in this article. Like, this is the Biden campaign trying to deflect from what everyone is talking about with Biden, which is that it's not that he has a stutter. It's that he's... Uh, he's non-functional. Yeah, it's that he's uh, in, like, cognitive decline. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. This is... um Yeah, and, you know, uh, we can, like, go through more of this article, but this is just something that I... So what you were talking about, like, uh, you know, it's Pete month. We have to pretend that Pete Buttigieg yeah. is a frontrunner now. Uh, the same way we had to pretend that Kamala Harris was a frontrunner yeah, a, right. a couple weeks ago. Um. And, uh, like, I don't know if you have seen this. I, like, almost uh, tweeted about it, but I, I, like, thought it was too annoying. Um, in the Real Clear Politics uh, polls, this is, like, what a lot of people use, you know, to see, like, the long-term uh, uh, graphs yeah. of people's polling. Uh, and, like, I hate this stuff, obviously. But, like, you can see Kamala Harris after that debate where she roasted Biden peak, and then she goes right back to down where yeah, she right. was, which is at, like, 4%. Um, Bernie basically has gone up and down throughout the cycle, but he's basically where he started. Yeah. As is Biden, which is, like, you know, 10 points above Bernie. Yeah. Uh, they're, like, 20 and like, 30. Yeah, if you look at this, like, it's actually, like, been very stable. Yeah, yeah. except for these people who peak and then go back down yeah, because right. the media is boosting their numbers. And yeah, Elizabeth like, Warren, Warren peaked like two weeks ago when everyone was pretending she's the front runner and now she's like back where she was before yeah now she's just yeah. dipped back below Bernie again and yeah. I have to say like I think by the end of this campaign basically everyone will be back where they started at the end except for Biden who will be dead yeah he will not survive this campaign uh, at least not with his faculties intact so uh yeah that's my that's my prediction um but. Dan actually you know it's really hard to, like, be a stutterer. Think, you know, actually, it's like... The one group yeah. you can still make fun of yeah. in this country. <laughs> stuttering Americans. And, okay, oh, by the way, we're not making fun of people who stutter. The point is that Joe Biden doesn't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> this is all fake. This is all made up. Yeah, this is offensive yeah. to people who actually... Yeah, right, this is patterns. actually, yeah, really craven and, like, cynical... Uh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden going, me talk pretty one yeah. day in front of this Atlantic reporter. Yeah. Um, I stuttered as a kid. I don't know if you ever uh, dealt with a speech impediment, but I was a big stutterer when I was young. I, like, grew through it, but... Uh, yeah, there's, there's, you know, a lot of facts about the stuttering community that I wasn't aware of in this article. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want me to read this part? Yeah. Uh, so how are you, man? Biden is in his usual white button-down and navy suit, a flag pin on his left lapel. Cool, great. Uh, up close, he looks like he's lost weight since leaving office in 2017. Yeah, I bet he has. His height is commanding, but as he approaches his 77th birthday, he doesn't fill out his suit jacket like he used to. I stutter as I begin to ask my first question. I've only told a few people I'm d doing this piece. Every time I describe it, I get caught on the word uh, uh, stutter. Uh, I like, I, 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 you know, I shouldn't be like reading this out loud, but this is how it's transliterated in the Atlantic, whatever. Uh, so did I, Biden replies. It doesn't, he interrupts himself, can't define who you are. Maybe you've heard Biden talk about his boyhood stutter. I have not. Yeah, no one has. <laughs> Never. No, yeah. that's not a thing. Uh, a non-stutterer might not notice when he <laughs> appears to get caught on words as an adult because he usually maneuvers out of those moments quickly and expertly. But on other occasions, like that night in Detroit, Biden's lingering Yeah, you stutter. might not have noticed uh, that he's a stutterer because he doesn't stutter. <laughs> 
You might not have noticed that he has a stutter because he has never had a stutter uh, uh, in his whole uh, time as a politician. Uh, I want to ask you, as you know, a stutterer to a stutterer, when you were talking a couple minutes ago, it, it seemed to my ear, my eye, did you have trouble on S or on M? Which, like, I don't know, maybe this is an <laughs> internal issue for the stuttering community. Yeah. Biden looks down, he pivots to the distant past, telling me that the letter S was hard when he was a kid. But, you know, I haven't stuttered in so long that it's hard for me to remember the specific he pauses yeah and this and there are like four h's on the hard yeah, yeah. like uh, so generous it's, to like yeah. write in this tick he, yeah he's it's like working so hard to like before. manufacture this it's uh, so ridiculous yeah and then there's a, a section about the writer's uh, struggle with stuttering it says i started stuttering at age four i still struggle to say my own name uh, my head will shake on a really bad stutter, you know, on and on about this, like, personal experience that is supposed to substitute for the pity yeah. that we're supposed to feel for Joe Biden, because he didn't go through any of right. this. Right, and also, like, he's trying to get Joe Biden to open up about his stutter, which Joe Biden can't do, because it's not... It's not real. So, uh, right. So there's this section where, like, yeah, uh, he talks about how difficult it is to have a stutter. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, yeah. you know, cut to, hard cut to Biden being bullied by one of the nuns who raised yeah. him, uh, like some sadistic Catholic freak <laughs> that he had to go through a grade school uh, with total power over him. Like, yeah, I'm sure that was awful having a nun ask, uh, Mr. Bubba Biden, what's that word? Uh, whatever. The cultural perception of stutters is the fearful, anxious people. There's more of this. Uh, yeah, there's just, like, a long, uh, meditation on stuttering in the American yeah. life. Um, yeah, a, a Catholic nun betrayed Biden when he was in seventh grade. I think I was number five in alphabetical order, Biden says. He points over my right shoulder and stares into the middle distance as the movie rolls in his mind. <laughs> he's, like, on a DMT yeah. trip at yeah, the end of right. his life. He's trying to get Joe Biden to, like, open up about his stutter, and Joe Biden just has no idea where he is. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, like, yeah, well, like where are my grandkids? Sister Therese. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and, like, it's just this effort to, like, connect these dots that, like, they can they can never fully connect which is that if you comment on or like criticize or even observe that uh joe biden has like diminishing uh cognitive abilities and like forgets what he's saying a lot uh and like clearly is not fit to run for president or much less be president uh you are actually somehow like doing an aggression against people with stutters (laughs) I know. Yeah. When it's going to turn out, like, uh, Biden just lifted this story from a David Sedaris story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is this is what we know. He is a plagiarist yeah, right. American. He, yeah. Uh, he, th- none of this happened to him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and whatever. It doesn't matter if when he was in seventh grade, a nun bullied him. Yeah. For a speech impediment that he obviously overcame and had no issue with until The whole time he, he was vice president. The, like, three previous times he's run for president. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one has ever noticed that he never talked about it being an issue. Yeah, he talks about the shame. Ugh, can you imagine, uh, like, Biden's staff convincing him to do this yeah. thing? He will do anything. He will sink to any depth. <laughs> Yeah, there's this part where he's like, you know, I'm not asking for anybody's pity. He says, these aren't debates. These are one-minute assertions, and I don't think there's anybody who hasn't been taking shots at me, which is okay. I'm a big boy. Don't get me wrong. Um, Biden thought he was 14 years old when he said that, obviously. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it goes on like this it's for a so while. Stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah like it, it, it ends up pivoting most.
closely to the writer of this article, uh, and, like, there ends up not being a whole lot there about Biden, honestly, uh, except giving him a chance to, you know, quote, not even from Biden, but from Promises to Keep, the, you know, Biden memoir, where he says, you know, my dad taught me the value of consistency, effort, and work, and he taught me about shouldering burdens with grace, to quote Benjamin Disraeli, never complain, never explain, <laughs> like, yeah, we're supposed to feel this, like, Nick Carraway sadness for Biden yeah, because his dad told him, you know, you've got a special uh, burden in the world or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can start talking about um, the feminist for over time. We can make it a short one this week. That's fine. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, what do we have? Like, we're, we're at like 40 minutes now. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Probably started a little bit later than that, so. Yeah, whatever. Might be pretty short, but yeah, we can we can kind of riff it out and um yeah or i mean if there's anything else we can do it yeah i mean what's even happened like i mean we made the choice that we're not going to talk about impeachment which right is, which yeah, is the only story yeah. anyone has right. um i mean yeah what's, what are people even talking about uh did you see the um uh the mass fair evasions in new york are getting more and more yeah that's ridiculous impressive yeah, yeah. i mean uh yeah like uh it is crazy to see de Blasio just devolve into this subway militarism. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about Bloomberg running, or did we talk about that already? We talked about it a little bit, but it was before. It was only when there yeah. was the rumor of war, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was before, like, he had officially filed the paperwork, which I think he has now or whatever. Um, and we didn't even talk about the fact that he bought up all those website domains. That was from a while ago, That right? was from a while yeah. ago, but I saw, I think it was Carl Bezier or uh, maybe it was um, Alex Rubenstein brought it back to my timeline that he, like, bought um, all the domain names that are, like, variants on Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg is too short to run for president. Yeah. Donald or whatever. <laughs> yeah, really giving himself away there. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of amazing that Bloomberg is jumping into the race at the same time that the kind of global unrest uh, that's shaking the planet is coming to just one place really in America and it is New York City and it is because of the kind of militarism that Bloomberg pioneered in the NYPD Uh, and yeah like uh, this is I guess the second billionaire who's going to be running in the uh, Democratic primary after Tom Steyer Um, Patrick Duvall is he a billionaire or is he just like very wealthy I don't think he's a billionaire yeah yeah, Deval Patrick running. That's so stupid. <laughs> Did you see that, that he like canceled an event because no one showed up? No. But like, yeah, what's even the point of all? I that mean, also I... happens all the time. Like, yeah. no one shows up for these things. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I hope it's something we can read as a uh, sign that actually the establishment is not united in the way they were for Clinton. Yeah. And that all reads really well for, you know, like, I, I think it was Carl Bezier maybe who did, um, like, a let's do some game theory take on this. Uh, some, you know, lefty person on Twitter was like, okay, you know, if Deval Patrick is running, that probably means that they just haven't gotten their cards together. Like, this is such a late stage addition. It is only going to take votes away from the centrist candidates it only redounds yeah it's so misguided yeah um but it's all like individual benefit that people can imagine they can't really conceive or coordinate on any kind of collective good right um so the party is probably going to let the nomination slip through their hands and bernie is going to get it uh that's the you know generous and hopeful way to read yeah like deval patrick and even michael bloomberg jumping in 
Um, the other way, I guess, is like it's all some plan to get to like a brokered convention so that right. they can like, yeah. But yeah, I've I've heard people say this makes it less likely for that to happen. Like, I don't really know. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we got to the convention and there's some arcane rule from the 1800s that they yeah, pull out right. at the last minute that turns out, oh, you can't be Jewish and be the Democratic yeah. nominee, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't put it past them, and obviously nothing is over until yeah. uh, this whole struggle is done. But it, it really does seem embarrassing for the people in power. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add about that. Sure, yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, we got a solid six minutes out of that time. All right, nice. <laughs> yeah, we can do overtime. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, stick around for overtime. We're going to talk about this uh, short story that was in N Plus One magazine. We're so literary these yeah, days. Yeah, I like this direction we're taking. I mean, politics is such a uh, dead end anyway. Yeah. Uh, the only real uh, salvation is through art. So we're reading uh, The Feminist uh, in N Plus One magazine, Tony Toluthamut. I don't know. We're not going to be able to pronounce his name. You might know this story from a little thing we like to call The Discourse. Yeah. Uh, Discourse. Yeah, check it out sometime. (laughs) Uh, So we'll talk about it. Uh, That's in our overtime. Uh, So subscribe to that on our Patreon. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you next week. Yeah, well, not next week. Oh, not next week. Yeah, we're going to... uh, we're gonna take Thanksgiving yeah. off. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. God, get off my dick about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll see you after that. See ya. Bye. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus, the only African American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No. My point no, is, that's not true. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> <laughs> I said the first. Thank I said the first African American elected. First, after. So my point is, my point is, three former chairs of the Black Caucus, the only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate, a whole range of people.